As we mentioned, some of the hedges in the geopolitical world have faded. Crude oil this morning higher, but well off the highs, and gold has pulled back too. Let's bring in Brad Roth joining us from Thor Financial Technologies, co-founder and CIO. Uh, Brad, welcome to the show. Uh, so walk me through the way your team is uh, thinking about this market at a time where uh, gold's been working, commodities have been working, and uh, some old stocks that people had forgotten about. Companies like IBM beating the heck out of Netflix. Is this a sustainable world we're in right now? We sure think so. We think that uh, value has really come back into play here. Um, tech, as you know, and growth, as you know, is overall has gotten beat up for the better part of this year and uh, latter part of last year. A lot of our uh, a lot of our clients have been looking at commodities like gold, uh, hard assets, to kind of look for ways to hedge their portfolio and look uh, at ways to hedge out some of these uh, you know some of these growth names that have gotten completely beat up, uh, as I said. Okay, so uh, you do think this is sort of a sustainable regime that we've been in here. Uh, what about uh, the need for this kind of constant drumbeat of uh, uh, threatening events on a global stage that it seems was behind gold and crude, or uh, is that the case? I mean, this morning there's a long tweet thread from the president about Putin's price hike in crude oil. One could argue the chart was moving pretty big before that invasion. So how do you separate some of these extreme catalysts for a few of these assets and uh, more sustainable trend? Yeah, well, we think that uh, almost everything sustainably, uh, when you're looking at commodities and when you're looking at just everything that we buy on a daily basis is ticking to the upside, right? Of, of course, geopolitical headlines like this war are pushing up things like crude oil, but we think that things overall, right? Prices of food, um, prices of gasoline, everything are going to be sustainably higher until we find a way to, you know, get inflation under control. Mm. Uh, right now, the stock market hasn't offered a whole lot of um, hedging utility apart from staples, uh, the energy companies themselves. Uh, what about within the equity space? Um, what about some of these ways to target low volatility or purported thematic ways to hedge a down market? Yeah, we've seen, I mean, a massive influx into low volatility assets. If you look at things like USMV, you know, the iShares low volatility yeah. product we've seen, as well as Vanguard's, right? We've seen about $3 billion of inflows year to date into these types of products. You know, in our view, right, the problem with some of these products is they don't really offer the downside protection that the investors are really looking for, even though we're seeing that influx. That's where companies like ours come in, where we really try to do things um, a little bit more tactically, moving in, into cash, not just into low beta, but really we've been invested the better part of our year into things like staples, uh, utilities, materials, trying to avoid tech, um, recently trying to avoid real estate. So we're really trying to tactically just avoid landmines um, mm -hmm. and not really looking to uh, to drive alpha in this situation. It's a very difficult market to navigate. Um, and, and that's really what our focus has been on. Give us a peek into the secret sauce of uh, how you do that, because uh, to some degree, it seems like that's going to be challenging with the Fed trying to stamp out inflation. If some of these trades are working because of inflation, are you kind of fighting the Fed in a, in a sense to a certain degree, or do they just not have the capacity to stop these trends? Well, I think they're going to be very hard to stop in the short term. Um, I think it's going to take a series of, of hikes over time to really stop these trends. What we do underneath the hood really is uh, tactically, 
we, we use engineering and science. Um, you know, we have a, a series of different unemotional ways that we view this market to try to make these moves. Um, so if the if the regime changes, if momentum changes, you know, we're able to to really to really change our path very quickly. Um, and so that's really how we we view this market with kind of quick feet. Um, and we're willing to change our mind as uh, as things change. Yeah. Uh, what about um, the uh, purported inflation hedges? Um, some people just say that's a uh, broad equity exposure. That hasn't worked too well. Uh, others have said, of course, it's gold. I guess the gold bugs to some degree maybe have been winning that argument. But it's complicated because we've got the geopolitics working for gold, too. And then the Bitcoiners, uh, which have said for a while that this is going to kick in and really do its job when inflation gets hot. And it seems like it's been doing the opposite, doing worse than stocks since inflation became our number one concern. What about these purported hedges for inflation? Are we seeing what actually uh, is working or is there still a, a horizon here to be tested for some of these assets? Yeah, Bitcoin, I mean, you mentioned Bitcoin and, and that's what we've heard from the Bitcoin community is really, you know, this is gonna be, this is the best inflation hedge and really it's traded more like a tech stock or a risk on asset. and. You know, I think Bitcoin and as investors and, you know, institutions and retail investors are really trying to figure out its place in their portfolio. This would have been a time for Bitcoin really to shine as that inflation hedge. Um, it still works great as an uncorrelated asset. Um, we'll see if we can get a sustained rally here in Bitcoin. But as you said earlier in the show, Oliver, you know, Bitcoin has really been this leading indicator for risk on assets. And so, um, you know, it, it hasn't worked well as an inflation hedge um, in this environment, but you know, there's still time to be seen. Um, but as, as, like I said, as, a, as retail investors, as well as institutional investors are trying to figure out a place for this in an overall asset allocation. We were just looking yesterday at the chart of 30-day correlation between NASDAQ and Bitcoin is at 0.9. It's the highest it's ever been. Even though the two have kind of moved in similar waves over the last couple of years, never like the last, call it five months, six months since the market peaked in November, have they just been in lockstep. Uh, does that uh, change once it's happening? Is it potential the two could break apart again? How does that work now as investors are seeing the two correlate to the downside? Yeah, and, and I hope to see a break, right? Um, this, was been, this has been an asset that has been largely uncorrelated to, to broad equity markets um, until recently, like you said. And, and a break for Bitcoin from those correlations would be very good for the asset class, right? You want this in there um, as an inflation hedge, as an overall uncorrelated asset. And really that just hasn't held up over the last you know, six to eight months. So we really wanna see that correlation break down, even if it's to the downside or the upside, right? But it needs to find its utility inside of a portfolio if it's gonna have broad adoption um, for financial for sure. advisors and for registered investment advisors you know, more broadly. Definitely. You mentioned earlier that uh, you adapt and you look at the data and you uh, are active. Uh, how long do you give it uh, as, um, uh, as an agnostic uh, observer and risk manager? How long do you give that correlation to prove itself? Well, we're really not worried about uh, necessarily the correlations. We're worried about the price movement of the individual asset class that we're trading, right? So we're really agnostic to kind of the underlying fundamentals of the correlation. What we're really worried about is the momentum and velocity of price and what direction it's moving and really how it got there. Um, that's how we make our decisions. Um, we think that the the best thing that we can look at is really what price is doing, not how it's necessarily correlated with other assets. Um, because you know, as well as I do, that you know these correlations can break down, especially in volatile situations. So if we get 
an equity market that maybe continues its sell-off or gets worse uh, as the Fed tightens or geopolitical events worsen or for any other numerous reasons, right? Correlations can uh, break down quite quickly. And so we have to look at each individual asset class, whether it's a sector, whether it's Bitcoin, whether it's factor related, uh, right? To be able to make those decisions independently on each asset class. Okay, all right, Brad, thanks for the contribution here this morning. Interesting perspective, appreciate you joining. Brad Routh, co-founder at CIO at Thor Financial Technology.